first we do a Korean action adventure drama that's getting great reviews <laughs> in moving. Um, and now we get to do a Japanese uh, manga, anime. Uh, the history is rich with One Piece. Yes. But it's been Americanized and it's on Netflix and everybody's talking about it. And the first episode that we're about to review is an hour long. So tell me what you learned um, throughout your research on this. I, neither of us have read the um, manga series, watched the anime, know any of the canon. So this mostly is going to be about the episode itself and whether it made good TV. That's why it's today's episode and not um, another podcast, which is probably going deep into the lore. I did watch the first episode of the pilot a couple months ago, and then I actually rewatched it a couple days you ago. You got the pilot? Uh, they the, dropped it for No, you? the pilot, the anime pilot. Oh, the anime That came pilot. out in 1999. It came out two years after the anime. And I thought that since the fan base is so big that I would watch the first season of the show. But then, because it's only like 20 to 25 minutes each episode, there's 61 episodes in the first season of this thing. It has close to 1,100 episodes that have aired. It's in its 20th season. It's the ninth longest running anime of all time. Not not surprised. <laughs> this and Naruto, I know, are like the yes, two big ones. Right. I would have thought that they were the top five, not top 11 or whatever you just said. But going into the actual thing, I think it's best to start this off with a three truths, one lie game. It's about the actual series itself, this sure. series. So, Anako Godoy would blast the John Cena music. He was the person who uh, who starred as Monkey in this show. Would blast the John Cena slash rock theme song every time he arrived on set. The what? second, <laughs> Wait, so you're saying this kid actor had enough, like, balls to just walk yeah. on set and say, and play this music... Every himself? single time he was driving in, he would play this song for oh, himself. No, no, no. He was just playing it in the car to, like, pump himself up. Well, he would blast it when he was arriving on set. Okay, And then the so. second one is the manga still is still going. However, Ichiro Oda, he's the creator, has said that it's in its final arc and could end in the next few years despite the strong I can base. never see this ending. Yeah. Okay. Number three is much like the Americans, but with wigs. There were dozens of straw hats made for every scene to reflect the mood of Luffy, the main uh, the main character. Their hair and their hats and everything about their, even the glasses, uh, the costuming is supposed to be representative of their mood. So I believe that. And then the last one yeah. is Ichiro Oda has had been trying to get a live action adaptation of the show made since 1997 when the manga came out uh but when the anime uh and when the anime came out in 1999 so he was trying to get an americanized version or just a, a Japanese film version? a film adaptation a film adaptation also very believable what was the second one the second one was the manga is still going um i it, but but that it's looking to close yes off. That's really i i think that one might be the lie Actually, that one is the truth. Okay. He has said that... It's not that, the truth, because there's three truths, right? Saying, so which is the lie? Well, the lie is is that uh, he was trying to get a live-action film adaptation uh -huh. because he said for the longest time he didn't want to do a One Piece live-action. That makes one sense. One was because of the CG and VFX. He thought that it was never going to be able to kind of match the uh, like kind yeah. of film vision and, that he and had. Even now in 2023, most films that come out with a crazy CG eye, um, like, it, it, they get panned. Because, yeah. like, even the last Flash movie, which in and of itself I enjoyed, it, it's still kind of, like, it was daunting how bad the CGI was. But actually, that fear kind of uh, went away after a while yeah. because he saw that VFX did get better. But the biggest reason was because he thought that they were never going to be able to find someone who could play Luffy the way that he was in the anime and in the manga. And here, Ichiro Oda was a big fan. When he saw the audition tape for Anako Godoy, mm -hmm. he, he, like, started laughing, and that's a huge reason 
explanation as to why uh, the main actor got the main role for this. It thing. does feel like all the main characters are fans of the anime series, right? Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I mean, that's and, just the impression and I got. I, yes, no, you're 100% right because Anaki Godoy, he, he reminds are you, me. Are you having fun yes. with these, uh, these names? <laughs> he, yeah. he reminds me a lot of Amon Vellani. She was the person who played yes. Miss Marvel. Uh -huh. I remember when we were doing that, you were talking about how much she was a fan of the Miss Marvel series. How much she is that character in real life because that character is supposed to be a huge fan now this is a little different it's, but yeah. well it's actually the exact same especially when it comes to just the videos where you see Inako Godoy he went to the studio he met Aichiro Oda and like it just seems like he cares about this character so much what I meant is that Miss Marvel in the comic books was a fan of the Marvel characters yeah and so this isn't as meta as that because the main character does not know about One Piece <laughs> the comic they know or the manga they know about One Piece the uh, treasure hunt that day I didn't have any idea what that meant <laughs> <laughs> until they described it in the first few minutes of the narration. It's like the first five minutes, yeah. Okay, so... And you know who was the narrator. Uh, no, I, see, like, I knew who the narrator was, and I re-went back and w listened to that, like, four times, and I still couldn't figure out exactly whose voice it was. At one point, I thought it was the guy from Fringe that John... Whatever his name is, but, but who is it? It's Ian McShane. Ian he McShane. did a thousand times a better job being a narrator here than he, when he was the narrator in Hellboy in like 2019, the remade version. Ian McShane, <laughs> of course, from Game of Thrones and all that jazz, yeah. Um, John Episode Wick. one, yeah, John Wick. And uh, he's been in, what was that Andy Samberg dumb hot rod Oh, movie? hot rod, yeah. Wasn't he in that as yeah. well? Okay. <laughs> Episode one, it's called Romance Dawn. Can you explain to me the title? Because this is an exciting adventure comedy it didn't feel like a romance. Romance Dawn is actually the first title of the manga. Uh -huh. uh, in fact, they're actually taking the first hundred chapters of that story and they're making it and they're like cramming it all into these all eight into, episodes. Oh, into the eight episodes, I think. No, <laughs> not, not all into the, the first episode. Yeah, but the, actually, in the first 20 minutes, we do kind of get the first episode of the anime and the first couple chapters wrapped up. Like, How much right did away. it follow the anime pilot? The anime pilot is like the first 20 minutes of this TV show. Aside from the beginning scene where we but see... But like scene by scene where you were able to map it out? When they, like, when I know they everything get, that's about to happen. When they get onto Alvida's ship, yes. that is basically the first episode of the anime. Okay, well, that's pretty early on because you start off in Logetown. It's twenty twenty. Or sorry, it's 22 years in the past, uh, but they don't give us a date for when exactly this is. <laughs> You've got the pirates... And then you have the Marines, and the Marines are supposed to be like the government that cracked down on the pirates, and the pirates are, of course, pirates. You've got the good ones, the bad ones, but the big king pirate, or yeah, the, it's the pirate king, yeah. um, is Gold Roger, and he is at his own public execution. Did you recognize who played him? No. Michael Dorman. I was able to Wait, see him what? Through, yeah, through the costuming. I was like, I know that's Gordo from For All Mankind putting on an accent, and he, as a pirate, is talking about wealth, fame, power, and how all that can be any person's out there if they go and hunt this treasure, the One Piece, and that's when they kill him. <laughs> just, like, just like the first scene from the manga. But unlike most public executions where people cheer when the person dies, like that's the whole point. The government tries to like either scare their people or to, it seems to infuse them all with the um, want or need to go out and search for the <laughs> they're, One Piece. They're running they, around there, yeah. Everybody gets in their ship and like starts sailing away as if they know where it is. But as the guy just said, like it's in, in the sea. 
So if the sea is the same sea that we're in here on Earth, like how would anybody know where to even start? I think they were just wanting to get a head start on like on um, where it could be. Hence, it yeah. could be anywhere. Hence begins the great pirate era where everybody's trying to become a pirate and we zoom up 22 years. It's the East Blue Sea and we get our main character living out his life of pie life because he's <laughs> on a boat with a seagull with that has like a hat on and it seems to be a, a it's like a Harry Potter seagull where it delivers the mail did for you, you. Did you think that it was going to be a main uh, main character, I guess, in this show. I had no idea. I didn't know if it was going to. I, it, the show reminded me a little bit of Avatar, and Avatar has a, a lot bit. of. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it reminded me completely of Avatar. Okay, well, it, Avatar and also um, not moving, but the a recent show that we've seen that has like animal sidekicks. Sometimes they talk, sometimes they don't. So I wasn't sure if this was going to be um, one of those. Uh, sorry, it was it was Ahsoka. Um, that was the oh, one. Right. yeah, yeah, where it had the little animal sidekick. But yeah, so his boat is sinking, but he's pretty cool with that. He jumps in a barrel and suddenly he's in the ocean. So and that I showed get... us, yeah, that showed us how he got in the barrel. In the anime, we he just shows up on the ship in the barrel. We actually don't know how he showed up there. So I was oh. glad that we got context in this uh, in the live action as opposed to the anime. Yeah, it did a good job like showing the different tone that we got because the first scene was all again adventure. This scene is all about the comedy and how the main character really has no. Uh, fear or, or or ever feels stress like things could be going really that terribly is, yes that is exactly like barrel. monkey yeah yeah um, <laughs> monkey d luffy right yeah and so then he is just strolling around in that barrel unable to see anything in the middle of the ocean and then we see these two pirates or actually we see one pirate ship facing another ship and there's like cannons going off and one of them has a big old heart logo on it right yeah and that's Alvita's ship, right? Alvita's Straight love boat. Anime, yes. And uh, she's on a path for destruction because she's actually not after the treasure. She's actually after this guy named the Pirate Hunter, who I guess hunts pirates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty simple. And she has a, she's pretty mean to her crew. Kobe, the deckhand, who I thought was going to be a main character until the end of the episode when they kind of just split up. I was so glad is he, he in the wasn't. comic? So he, I think he is in the comic. He definitely is in the anime. That's why I meant. He was my least favorite character from the anime, my least favorite character here, but for completely different reasons. Kobe in the anime, it's, again, it's 1999, so they had a lot of characters like this when it was coming out, but so expressive. His his uh, his voice almost reminded me of Dora, where it's so high-pitched. Everything oh, that happens to him is, is like, it's like the end of the world, and I just had so much, like, I had enough of him by the end of the first episode. Kind of want to little bit? Yes. Grow up? Here, though, it seems like his character is almost completely different yeah so alvita just murders some of the people on the boat which again is just like okay so this is not just for kids there's definitely some violence here yep. and she makes kobe clean it up and we find out when he goes downstairs to i guess clean her blade or whatever that mallet thing is that she has that's when uh he sees i guess uh luffy pop out of that barrel which the ship has picked up as like loot and uh, and and they have a funny little interchange where where they're trying to figure out which who each is, and we find out that Cody, sorry, Kobe wants to be a marine. Yep, that's his dream, even though he's working on a pirate ship. And Monkey D. Luffy's like chase your dream and, and we just get like this interaction straight out i think you also learn that monkey wants to be the king of pirates yes and this is also where we get a backflash within the episode that's already given us a backflash but this time it's just of monkey d luffy's life and at first he was a street urchin and uh and he wanted to be a pirate and then he ate this weird fruit right a devil <laughs> yeah, fruit the gum gum fruit the gum gum fruit that made him into a plastic man 
um, where he can just extend his arms and his legs. And the guy is basically immortal because once they get up to the top of the ship and they're discovered by Alveda's crew and he starts fighting Alveda and the rest of them, one guy just rifles off a shot right into his chest. And at this point, I'm like, oh, man, that's, <laughs> this is going to affect him in some way. It just bounces, bounces right off, off of him. And and at that point, I'm like, okay, so this means that this entire show is based on the premise. No wonder this guy is so uh, laid back because nothing can hurt him. Yes. Absolutely nothing can hurt him. And in the anime, I was I was really excited because he just takes out the complete pirate ship because yeah. he's just rubber in the anime. Like he continually do, That's does. That's what so. he does here. Well, I mean, to no, a lesser extent. But, but yeah, but the, to a way lesser extent. Like you see him take out the entire crew in the first episode. Here, he, he kind of just punches Alvida. No, That's, I mean he he took out a lot of the crew. I think he punched more than just Alvida, if I remember correctly. But he knocks her off the ship, and then they go off on their own little boat. They leave the rest of Alvida's crew to, I guess, man it and go away. But there is an explosion in the background, which makes me think maybe they did blow up the ship. I would think so. Remember yeah, Co no, that's why Kobe I saw. looked at the back and he's like, yeah. And, and no, they, I remember. You see the fire yeah. in the background. So they're off on their own. And that's when we meet the pirate hunter guy that Alvida was after, Rwanda Zorro. Yes, every single person, the fan base, was so happy that they chose that actor, uh, Makenyu, I think his name is, to play Zorro. And because his dad is one of the few famous people who became famous in like worldwide recognition for martial arts. And you can see it whenever this guy is doing his action scenes. He has the best action scenes. He was like, I thought the coolest character out of all of them. I mean, like, it, and but he was your favorite character going into the show. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. it just this just met your expectations. And also, I mean, doing the three swords. He said they had to do jaw exercises because he's done a lot of TV shows where he does two swords, but three swords was like a different thing for him. So we're gonna get more of him field. sticking that thing into yes. his mouth. Yes. I think that that's like the main character trait for him. <laughs> The weird thing is, at this point in the story, there are three things to make uh, this pilot successful that I knew going in. They needed to introduce us to the characters. They needed to impress us with just the fact that they made it live action. And then they also needed to not insult the source material, right? Yes. And so the immediate comparison I was thinking of for a U.S. remake was Death Note. Because a few <laughs> years ago, Netflix tried the same thing. Huge, huge Japanese uh, manga series turned yes. anime. Um, and, and, and they just did not do it well enough like yes. it, it just yeah what not only death note it was also cowboy bebop that they tried to do but with bebop i like saw where it, it had its moments and yeah. i think their jet character and, and yeah. uh, not only ghost it also ghost in the show which came out in 2017 the thing that i am so glad this show did is they took ichiro oda and they and they did not do a single decision without his permission in fact he was even asked about those failed kind of live action anime remakes and he said thankfully netflix netflix agreed they wouldn't go out with the show until i agreed it was satisfactory and he even called himself a guard dog for the series because if there was one decision that he hated he did not have a problem telling them he was like no i do not want that to happen he was almost in complete control of this thing even though i don't think he directed or wrote any of the episodes yeah it, it felt well written and also it was surprisingly straightforward for a story that i knew uh was going to be super dense yes. like it's existed for so long it's kind of like with pokemon the the original movie or or series like they had a very simple story about how Ash met um, Pikachu, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like always very memorable. And this felt a little bit like that. It also felt like early seasons of The Walking Dead. But yes. the biggest thing 
that it reminded me of um, is Dungeons and Dragons. That's where, okay, so the biggest thing it reminded me of was Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, because they are pirates, but I'm talking about the Dungeons and Dragons thing that came out earlier this year yeah, with the film. Chris, Pro Chris Pine and uh, how they needed to accrue a gang together of misfits. They didn't necessarily want to be working with each other, except like Chris Pine is kind of a goofball, kind of like Monkey is, yeah. and he's and they got to go like not hunt for treasure. They're actually trying to save his daughter. But I just, I, even the girl character, what's her name in this? Nami. Nami. She reminded me a lot of the tiefling character, the girl from uh, It that was in um, Dungeons and Dragons. The shapeshifter. Yes. Yeah. And it just feels like now they're uh, assembling like an op team, except for Kobe. <laughs> Everybody's got fighting powers. But with R Rondo Zorro, you wouldn't think that he would want to join the pirates. But it's funny. Well, because he initially does the entire. Yeah. But the entire episode, a bunch of different agencies are trying to get him, recruit him for their own. The yes. first thing we see <laughs> is this assassin group called the Baroque Works, who I think we're going to see more of. And Mr. Seven, who's saying on Sixus Island, you have to join us or else I'm going to have to kill you. And that's where we see Zorro's skills come out and he Darth Mauls him. Yes. He cuts him yeah. straight in half. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. And then later on, we see Zorro talking directly to the Marines, and the main Marine guy wants to uh, have him on their side as well. He says no to that. It's not until he kind of gets approached by uh, Luffy later on in kind of a passive manner yep. where where he decides to help them out because of, of Luffy freeing him from his little uh, cage or whatever he was in. Yeah. All in all, the thing that I think that they're really reaching towards is this trying to get the One Piece, right? Yes. And it feels like if the series has exist, existed for this long, they haven't been able to get it yet. And and the thing is, it reminds me a lot of the Puss in Boots thing. Because remember how in Puss in Boots 2, they needed to get a map. They needed to steal the right. map from a bad guy it, it, That when the map is in a big old chest. In this case, it was a locked box. And, and the map was supposed to get them a once, wish, right? Once the map opened up, then it showed them this really dangerous place that they had to get through. Mm -hmm. And the map here is supposed to take them to... What's the place called? I'm looking in my notes. It's supposed to take them to a location, not necessarily exactly where One Piece is, but like this really like dangerous place that they have to go through. So it, it reminds me of a lot of stuff just melded together. I also liked how like the power giving uh, thing that he took, the thing that he ate. That yeah, fruit, yeah, the fruit. The it looked fruit. like gillyweed from uh, Harry Potter, where like <laughs> as soon as Harry ate it, he sprouted gills and was able to breathe underwater. Like his thing was just that he became super uh, plastic. So yeah. did you like the series? Like, yeah, when I, I really like this episode oh, okay. somehow again with the costumes they were able to make the uh, hair color blonde pink red green brown uh the glasses the straw cap everybody had their own unique trait yep. so it was easy and memorable every time a character was introduced uh how much they were able to get done in this one episode there was good cgi but you got the team formation you've got uh how he got his power and then you also have a fighting boss level at the end of it. Axe like, Hand Morgan and his crew. Yeah, yeah. But, but it wasn't really his crew. It was just him. And usually it might take a full half a season before you find out how someone got his power. But like, it felt like it was almost the beginning of a full movie. Well, what was strange about it was, as I said, the anime takes place kind of when they're on the ship. That's where the full 20 minutes. But when it came to the manga, I read the very beginning of it. It starts off with the death of the pirate telling him about the One Piece and everyone running around. And then it cuts to, uh, right to Monkey Luffy's kind of backflash that they showed in this episode. But you really do get kind of uh, his backstory. We haven't talked about it. too much of any of his backstory besides him getting the ability the the people he was with the yes, other Shanks. pirate Shanks and Rue right 
Yes. Yes. So what's the deal with them? Because they seem like good pirates, like good guys. They was they came in and they kind of taught Luffy that patience was key, that he didn't necessarily have to be violent with people. Because Luffy, yeah, and Luffy, Luffy like, in the future seems to have taken that to heart. Yeah, well, Luffy, when he's like 10 years old, is saying how much he wants to join them. But he even stops uh, Zoro from killing the main Marine guy, <laughs> right? And I feel like it's weird because we've seen um, other people die. Like a in lot the, of in the episode, you mean? Like when they were fighting that last big boss battle, oh. <laughs> his people they didn't have a problem killing any of the sidekicks. But when it came to the main villain, it felt like yeah, he he was going. And then also his son. The worst thing they did to the son, who was like kind of a Game of Thronesian um, ego maniac like right. kid, uh, they just cut his hair. Just do it. <laughs> that was that was the only thing. And I'm sure he's going to be back. Well, I think I think the show is TVPG. So I think that they're really trying to get the family audience. Well, we did well. see Alvita bludgeon the guy's head into like jam. Yeah, but like you didn't actually see him die. Like you didn't see his dead body. The... But they're not afraid to show death is what I'm Yes. Saying. No, I, I, I think that like it also reminded me a little bit of Stranger Things from season one. The same type of tone that it was going I, for. I there. didn't get that. Yeah. Really? Because I, I was saying more like Stranger kind of Things how dark was it was going. Hmm. Haunting? Yeah. Maybe. The John Rameld is is kind of like steampunkish. Yes, um, even though yeah. it's in the past, you got the goofy violence. Even at the end, you had the Batman, Joker, Buggy, the Killer Clown. Like he popped up there. <laughs> Buggy the Clown. Yeah, I just <laughs> loved how they kept introducing villains at the very end. Like this is what you're gonna get in the next few scenes or whatever, or in the f- next few episodes. Well, for following the anime, Alvita, I don't even think is dead. She she oh, no. shows up again. I we think saw her right wanted later. poster later on, and I'm yeah. pretty sure that yeah she'll she'll return again. There, there were a few cliches. Remember when we did the South Korean uh, moving show? Which have you continued at all? No. Have you? I watched the second episode of it. It continues to be good. Like, it's really great having seen that one. And then this one, two fun adventure comedies. That one has a little bit more dramatic heft yes. behind it. So um, definitely for a more uh, mature audience. But there is there is humor in the high school storyline. Um, South Korean wrist grab. Remember? They, yes. they did grab his <laughs> wrist. Uh, then the MC being super hungry. Like, um, that was straight out of, like, Ninja Turtles, uh, straight out of Flash, straight out of Death Note. Like, characters just needing to eat to maintain their energy. I mean, I think that that's just an anime thing, usually. Yeah. Because even in, like, Dragon Ball Z, I know, like, yeah, everybody always wants to eat. And they always (laughs) eat it so, like, quickly. Like, I can almost see the picture in the uh, manga series where they're just, you know? That happened in the Flash, too, didn't it? The Flash movie? what I literally just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now that I think about it, they did show when I said they Darth Mauled the guy. Like, that that was a pretty violent death, right? Right there too yeah but i'm saying that and then he took his body he took the half part of his body and brought it to a bar and it was really cool to see all the characters just show up at that bar the normal things i would pick apart and be like well this didn't make sense in the plot holes it just felt like there was enough of a giant world that they're living in where it just made sense so what would you give the show i I, I was even thinking about giving it a nine um but I will probably give it the same. I'll give moving, so 8.5 again. So two 8.5s in a row. And I would give it the same. I gave moving, which was an 8 out of 10. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is a good show, and I think the reviews will probably re- reflect that. Well, before I get to the reviews, they actually shot this in South Africa. I think it's South Africa's largest ever production. Wow. Um, And, and I wouldn't even be surprised, even though I haven't found anything to verify this, that's one of the most expensive shows ever made. No. Uh, I, I mean, th- no. Like, I was seeing it. Th- th- this costs a lot of money. This like a lot of money Maybe just for the rights <laughs> i know that uh places like movieweb.com touted as the best live action anime adaptation of all time before it came out and then after it came out
out, it seems like it's that way, but you have to remember, you're basing it off of, like, Cowboy Bebop and the Death Note films, like, so it didn't seem like it was that, uh, far. Didn't have a bar? Yeah, they have like a bar the that I had across. Was... It was super low, basically. It has 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, audience score 94%, 8.6 on IMDb, that's probably going to go down to like an 8. But yeah. it seems like pe- the people give the premiere like Vulture, 4 out of 5, Guardian, 3 out of 5, Decider Set, Stream It. And it seems like people are really enjoying it so far. And that's not, that's nowhere a surprise for me. We did kind of like gloss over the second half of the episode, so I feel bad about that. It did feel like the N- Nami character. Like, yeah. what is her motivation again? Like, her parents died by pirates. And so everybody who's joining Luffy's crew of pirates hates pirates. Yeah. You know that? yeah 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 it seems that it's like way in a lot of shows a center and yet the guys <laughs> like who wants to be the biggest best swordsman of all time right he fights like a pirate like what other character in any ninjas don't stick swords in their mouths well i have to <laughs> actually so the people that did the soundtrack for this thing they originally sent in like a three and a half minute video of, of different sound and soundtracks and music and then that's what ended up making the people choose them to do the music for it but for every single sword that zoro has they mm-hmm. have their own instrument dedicated to it yeah and he seems really into his swords because like when the blonde guy they took it the the guy that i i he looks so much like one of the smug characters from game of thrones not the <laughs> original series but the uh sequel series, oh heart the Ring, of the dragon i was about to call her rings of powers yes um <laughs> it's not heart of the dragon but it's something very similar house of the dragon house of the dragon yeah um but i i do i do like the setups that they're providing i do think it was good that kobe um might turn into like a villain but yeah he also sort of saved the day at the end there and it's, it seems like the people that are creating this thing they've worked on a lot of different um uh, of the marvel shows like daredevil and luke cage and those are the like, ones that i'd want being part of this less so uh the ones from the more recent marvel series they're taking a lot from the manga as opposed to the anime because they kind of want to leave the anime as it is and let people enjoy kind of two different versions of the same story i know that there are sword people, art online <laughs> yeah there okay. are there are people like the usopp pirates and Django and some other people that don't show up in the series kind of like how ed does not show up for the most part in cowboy bebop so mm-hmm. if you're looking Can ed show up in this that would be because I didn't miss Ed's character in Cowboy Bebop. So if they could just like throw Ed here, I think they, they would fit in. It fit in. I, I forgot if it was a he or a she. That was the whole point. It was right? a she. It was a she. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> just do the arm thing over the head. Uh, Actually, else? so they made a huge arm in the very early process of making this TV show. Instead of they ended up oh. going with special effects, but they but that place made a huge arm, and they were thinking about using it in the actual fight scenes. But then they realized soon afterwards that they were not going to be able to do so because like it was it was a prop, and there was no way to make it look realistic. Yeah. No, I, I can see that the, the Space Jam thing is what I thought you were going to tell me was that they used like the Michael Jordan extension thing that they did there, but because that was one of the earliest versions versions of cgi in a film when they mixed looney tunes in with uh, live action <laughs> so yeah that, that would have been a cool set of people to bring in and would have been a great set of trivia like, I, I think actually though yeah. the set design is probably one of the best parts of this show when it comes to how detailed it was oh uh yeah that reminds me so like one of the cities that they go to and they have so many so i'm not sure but it did look like again the game like the actual game of thrones daenerys place that she breaks into in like season four or something where the giant castle landscape and stuff right yeah yeah, yeah. It, just the outside layer of it looks so similar to that but yeah Anything else you want to say? No, that's about it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.